0: Hello, everyone. This is The Sexual Catholic, and I'm your host, Dr. Mark Levant. If you're interested in broadening your understanding of sexuality and or the sexuality-Catholicism connection, you're in the right place. Thanks for being here today. Let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Sexual Catholic. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Levant, And in this episode, we're going to talk about sexuality education. What is it? Why have it? And how Catholic teaching supports it so we can best learn about ourselves as sexual beings in this world. But first, I want to thank everyone who has listened and offered some helpful feedback about the podcast so far. Uh, I learned about sound engineering to prevent some, like, loud distortion noises um, and some other sound stuff. So thank you for all of that. Uh, because I'm kind of just learning about this as I go. I'm creating this podcast in my free time uh, and uh, trying to keep it ad free. So, uh, all the support and like feedback and things that you all help me with is really, really helpful. Uh, so, please, if you have feedback or thoughts for maybe future topics or future episodes, please visit thesexualcatholic.com where you can find a contact page or send some ideas to thesexualcatholic at gmail.com. Okay, so sexuality education. Why talk about this? Well, education is important to our sexual well-being and making fruitful, healthy, conscientious sexual decisions. We'll have a whole episode on sexual decision-making later on. But for now, let's just say that you need to learn about sexuality in order to make the best sexual decisions for you. Uh, That's not the only thing, but it is a really, really important one. Today, we're going to look at sexual well-being, often called sexual health in the literature, and the Catholic theology around it. And we're going to break this episode down into three major pieces. First, we're going to explore what the church says about bodies and health. Second, we're going to look at what the church says about education. And then the third part, we'll look at some core teachings that support sexuality education. A lot of people might say, well, Mark, the church can't support comprehensive sexuality education, and that is not exactly right. And we'll look at that later on in this episode. So let's jump right in. Sexual wellness, sexual well-being, sexual health, for now, we're going to use these terms interchangeably. If you listen to the last episode on sexually conscientious adults, you'll know that the term health can feel a bit value-laden uh, and it has like shame attached to it sometimes. But we'll use it here because that's how the research literature discusses what I want to talk about today. And that is being aware of things related to our sexuality that encompass taking care of ourselves. So let's look at church teaching on bodies, health, and education to better understand church teaching on sexual health. First, caring for our bodies as a teaching of the church has been around for some time now. Care for our bodies is seen in a pretty important document from the Sacred Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith called the CDF, uh, which is an important teaching office of the Vatican. It's now called the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. But in 1980, they wrote the Declaration on Euthanasia, saying, quote, Everyone has the duty to care for their own health or to seek such care from others, end quote. That's in chapter four. We also see the American Catholic bishops in 1981 wrote a letter called Health and Healthcare. and they note two things about health that are pertinent to our conversation today. The first is how they root the concept of health within wholeness, and the second is about whose responsibility it is. So first, on page four of that document, they note, quote, Health in the biblical perspective means wholeness, not only physical, but also spiritual and psychological wholeness, not only individual, but also social and institutional wholeness, end quote. Health and wholeness for the bishops means caring not only for our bodies, but for the whole person, and that there is social and institutional health and wholeness that needs to be considered. The wellness of our society and our institutions should be taken into account. We have a role in maintaining the health of our institutions. Then on page six, the bishops identify whose responsibility it is saying, quote, Health has to do with more than strictly medical concerns. The restoration of health or maintenance of good health are not solely the responsibility of medical professionals. We all bear a responsibility in this regard, both as individuals and as members of larger social and religious institutions, End quote. We are not only charged with caring for our own health, and the health of others, but we are all charged with forming and reforming institutions into places where health, and in this case, sexual health, is promoted and offers care for all. See, Catholicism has a tradition of supporting health and health care. This means people taking care of their bodies, as well as professionals and institutions taking care of others. This is one of the reasons I actually do what I do. Not only to provide sexual health information so people can take care of themselves, but also to help institutions get better at supporting people around matters of sexuality. One very important and fundamental way of doing that is through comprehensive sexuality education. But Mark, one might say, the church does not promote comprehensive sexuality education. and they would be somewhat right. The words comprehensive sexuality education doesn't often show up in church documents. In fact, sometimes in the news, Catholicism and comprehensive sexuality education might show up at odds with one another, like the recent statements of the Zambia Conference of Catholic bishops. But the principles of comprehensive sexuality education are more supported in Catholic theology than most people think to connect these dots, let's take a look at the Catholic teaching on education. Like having a long history on health and care for bodies, the Catholic Church has a long history of valuing education. I've written about Catholic sexuality education in a couple different academic journals. Some of them on my own, others with colleagues. But we can boil Catholic values of education down to this statement. Everyone has the right to an education that helps develop them into a responsible person in society. That everyone has the right to an education that helps develop them into a responsible person in society. Well, where does it say this, Mark? Well, I'm so glad you asked. In the Second Vatican Council, there's a document called Gravissimum Educationis in 1965, or the Declaration on Christian Education. In Section 1, we see that all people, since, quote, they enjoy the dignity of a human being, have an inalienable right to an education, end quote. Simply because we are human, we have this inalienable right, a right that cannot be taken away by anyone, to receive an education. Pope John XXIII, in his encyclical Pacem Terrace Terris, or Peace on Earth, in 1963, said the people have the, quote, natural right to share in the benefits of culture, and hence to receive a good general education, end quote. And he continues on to include technical and professional training in that. The church has taught for a long time that education is a fundamental right of humans, which is good because no one person knows everything. We can all stand to learn a little more. The second part of that statement, remember everyone has a right to an education, we covered, and we see the being responsible persons in society throughout tons of church documents. But let's look at two quick examples. First, in Gravissimum Educationis, in section 10, it discusses education as having the influence of furthering students of these institutions into people who are, quote, truly outstanding in their training, ready to undertake weighty responsibilities in society, and witness to the faith in the world, end quote. Regarding sexuality, if we are not educated about the most recent concepts that have to do with this fundamental aspect of being human, people are left unprepared to undertake those quote-unquote weighty responsibilities in society. We produce members of society who are not equipped to deal with concepts of sexuality on the societal, institutional, and even personal levels. We also see this in Pope Paul VI's 1967 encyclical Popolorum Progressio, or On the Development of Peoples, paragraph 17, where it says, quote, It is not just certain individuals, but all who are called to further the development of human society as a whole, end quote. All of us, every single one of us, are called to contribute to further the development of the human society. We also see that John Paul II in Excorde Ecclesiae, uh, which is translated from the heart of the church, which is a document on Catholic universities, in paragraph 20, it says that, quote, the entire educational process be directed towards the whole development of the person, end quote. And what concerns us today is a specific part of that whole education about sexuality. So we see that taking care of our bodies is deeply rooted in Catholic teaching. Education as an inalienable right is deeply rooted in Catholic teaching that educating for whole-person development is deeply rooted in Catholic teaching. Now, let's look at, specifically, sexuality education. We see Pope Francis discuss this in Amoris Laetitia, or at the Joy of Love, in 2016, where he draws upon Vatican II, noting in paragraph 280, the need for, quote, a positive and prudent sex education, to be imparted to children and adolescents as they grow older with due weight given to the advances in the psychological, pedagogical, and didactic sciences, End quote. That last part, giving due weight to the advances in psychological, pedagogical, and didactic sciences, means that in our sex education, we should consider and implement the most recent developments psychology has to offer as well as the wisdom of people who study education, and in this case, people who study sexuality education. The concept of sexuality education needing to be more positive is also endorsed by those in the sex ed field. Most notably, former Surgeon General David Satcher said the same thing in 2001, that we focus too much on disease prevention and not enough on the joys of sexuality. I talk about this in an article I wrote uh, called Sexual Science in the Catholic Church, Areas of Common Ground, where I go over some of the similarities between sexology, uh, or the study of sexuality, and sexuality educators, and church teaching. I kind of compare and contrast the two, um, looking for those areas of common ground. And spoiler alert, both parties think it needs to be more positive and less shame-based. We also see in Amoris Laetitia, Pope Francis noting, quote, sex education should also include respect and appreciation for differences as a way of helping the young to overcome their self-absorption and to be open and accepting of others, end quote. That's paragraph 285. First, that term self-absorption can really stick out to people. So a little note about this. Catholic teaching often calls people to think about more than just themselves, Okay, to have an empathy uh, and to be in solidarity with others. Self-absorption, then, is the opposite of the church teachings on how to care for others. So back to the other parts of that statement. Sex education should also include respect and appreciation for differences as a way of helping the young to overcome their self-absorption and to be open and accepting of others." We see that an education about differences and respect for those differences is a foundation of sexuality education called for by Pope Francis, and also evident in secular sexuality education as well. And when it comes to who is doing this sexuality education, we see the Church has a rich history of saying parents should be the first and foremost educators of their children, something that most sexuality educators also agree with. You can see more about that in the article I mentioned above. But also, we see the Synod of Bishops recommends to Pope Francis in 2015, quote, Moreover, the family, while remaining the primary place of formation, where they cite gravissimum educationis, cannot be the only place for formation in matters of sexuality, end quote. Because some parents are not adequately prepared, and we know this from years of bad sex education in the United States, we can't expect parents to be good educators about sexuality when they themselves didn't receive good sex ed. The Church knew this in 1955 when the Pontifical Council for the Family writes in their document, The Truth and Meaning of Human Sexuality, that parents find themselves, quote, unprepared to provide adequate answers, end quote, in the first paragraph of that document. Why is all of this important? Because comprehensive sexuality education leads to better health outcomes. Better health is a teaching of the church, and better health leads to the development of a human society, also a teaching of the church. In a recent 2020 academic article, which was a meta-analysis or a look at sexuality education research over the course of decades, we see that comprehensive sexuality education lowers youth pregnancy, lowers rates of STI transmission, helps prevent domestic violence and sexual abuse, and improves healthy relationship development and social-emotional learning, literally overcoming our own self-absorption right, as we talked about earlier. That's what social-emotional learning does. When taken as a whole, those are all values held by the Catholic Church. And so education about this stuff is not only accepted in Catholic teaching, but it is a moral good. There was another article I wrote with a colleague, a moral theologian, Dr. Karen Ross, titled Sexuality Education as a Moral Good. Catholic Support for Accurate, Holistic Sexuality Information. And in that article, we discuss Catholic theological grounding for holistic, comprehensive sexuality education. Why? Uh, Because educating for whole person development involves learning about matters of sexuality. Education about sexuality is a moral good. And when we fail to educate people about sexuality, we rob them of the information they will need to interact in a world full of diversity. And at times, even worse, they can be robbed of joy in the world of sexuality. It's not only Karen and I who think this, but a good number of people are trying to change the way Catholic sexuality education happens. Some of us write theological articles about it, creating a theoretical foundation for future work. Others write curricula to address sexuality more holistically, like Kate Ott's Thoughtful Christian Curriculum or the Healthy Bodies, Healthy Relationship Curriculum by Stacey Henning. There is still a lot we need to talk about and develop, but know that there are people working to better prepare folks through comprehensive sexuality education in Catholic settings. One scholar, Emily Kahn uh, did a dissertation study on Catholic girls and young women uh, and their experience of sexuality education. Interestingly enough, so did my friend Karen. Like the same kind of study in the same time frame. They didn't know each other is wild. Research is great. But in an interview with the U.S. Catholic magazine, Emily Kahn gave these words of contemplation to those delivering sexuality education to ask oneself, quote, is there fear? Or am I thinking in terms of sexuality as a life-giving and joyful gift? That undercurrent of fear and shame may run through so much more than we expect it to. We aren't going to be able to focus on sex and sexuality as joyful and life-giving unless we, as adult educators, pay attention to how many of us have broken relationships with sex. End quote. This is a theme in so much of the sexuality education literature. And we have trainings to help people deal with their own feelings around sexuality and understand how to manage that in a classroom. This is what people who are trained as sexuality educators get trained to do. There's a whole field of study about sexuality education that has rich information about this whole process. That Catholic teaching says we should respect and learn from, right? Those advances in pedagogical and didactic sciences. So, even if your sexuality education was not good, know that there are people working to make it better for future generations. And it is never too late to learn more. Like in our last episode, a sexually conscientious adult learns more about sexuality. There's so much to learn about sexuality that can contribute to our joy and pleasure as humans in this world. And remember, sexuality education is not only good to have for the care of your body, but your psychological and spiritual wholeness as well. It is also a part of your inalienable right, as a human, with dignity in this world, to get that sexuality education. That's Catholic teaching. Sometimes, though, listeners might have experienced sexuality education that makes them feel shame around sexuality. That's not uncommon, and unfortunately, especially in Catholic settings. Join in next time for a look into sexual shame and how we can move out of a shame-based understanding of our sexuality into embracing sexual joy. Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard or otherwise appreciated it, please subscribe and rate the podcast. If you have other thoughts or ideas for future episodes you'd like to share, please email thesexualcatholic at gmail.com. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about the work that I do, for more information, please visit www.marklavond.com. Thank you for tuning in. I hope something in today's episode was helpful, interesting, or otherwise inspiring. Have a great day.